one day I was doing my hair, which has been a whole situation for the past two years. I have been on a whole journey with my hair, but that's for another time. My point at this moment is, is that I was doing my hair and it just wasn't looking the way that I wanted. And I'm like, I did everything that I usually do to get it to look because I already finally figured out a process, the products and everything that I needed to get my hair to look the way that I wanted. I did not have my glasses on because part of my routine was saturating my hair with the spray and I did not want to get any spray particles on my glasses. So when I finished, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing anything else and I'm not doing it over. For those of you that have natural hair of that, you will, and when I say natural, I mean you black and you have natural hair. <laughs> um, so because technically if you are not black and you have no chemicals on your hair, it's natural as well, but so, you know, just got to make it plain <laughs> so that everybody from all walks understand. Um, but, um, I put my glasses on and I was like, oh, <laughs> it looked way different with my glasses on. I was like, oh, it does look the way that I want it. <sighs> I was like, that is crazy. Number one, that I need to wear my glasses to see that clearly, but let's not even go there right now. My whole point in that is that I saw something when I did not have my glasses on. So I was not seeing correctly. I was not seeing clearly. One of the things that I have learned, why, why is somebody texting me now? One of the things that I have learned is that I, we as human beings are really judgy and in ways that we would not think and walking through the journey with my children and, um, you know, that whole process and the elements that are involved and there are some murky and messy elements that are indeed involved. I have learned a lot as far as not making assumptions, especially knowing that, you know, not, no one of us knows everything. You can have a lot of experiences and still not understand because your understanding only comes from your point of view or the point of view that you have decided to follow or decided to open yourself up to. When I, well, here's a, uh, an example. Okay. So there are a lot of, um, black, um, I, I would probably celebrate, not just celebrities, but black people, black women that are making products for black hair. And I love it because you know, years ago, there was, you know, you went to the store, there wasn't really a choice, you you did what you did. And you know, there are basic things that you use, like you, you know, if you braid in hair, you use grease, and you know, stuff like that. For those of you that are not black or African American, that's not the grease that you cook with. But 
that's all I'm going to say with there. You don't need to know any more than that. So, <laughs> um, unless you're dealing with it, but I'm not here to school on that. But there was, you just did what you did. And so now I love the fact that people are saying, because when you are black, your hair has so many different going ons. You can like, for instance, there are six people in my family and each one of us have a different texture of hair. (laughs) Every one of us. So that's six different textures, six different curl types or coil types. Some of us are not curly, we're coily. You know, some of us are curly. I have three curlies and I have three coilies. <laughs> now, the person that has the um, most dense hair is me. It's me. <laughs> um, so from me and then on down to the one that has the, you know, the easy, easiest hair, which would be my son. And so the fact that there are so many people that are saying, you know what, I want to make something that caters more to my hair because I don't see something out there that really fully works, I think is an awesome thing. Um, The fact that black people are doing it to me is even more awesome because you find a lot of times that there's a lot of complaints about stuff, but nobody's willing to step up. And you'll find in other cultures that they do step up and do things. But then there's a complaint on the, you know, the other side about, you know, about that. But why are you complaining if you're not going to step in the ring? And so seeing more people stepping in the ring is awesome. The same with foster care and adoption. You know, people, black people were so angry about Caucasians adopting black children. I mean, I'm like... What you doing? What you complaining about? You would prefer for a child to stay in degradation, to stay without a family than for somebody of another culture, another ethnicity to adopt them? Come on now. Let's just stop with the drama. So now you see more families stepping up because the narrative before was that you see a lot of black families Caribbean families, etc. And I say black because that kind of enfolds everyone. Whereas I don't say African American necessarily because for instance, um, I do make a distinguishment. I do make up words. That's my word. I do make a distinguishment again with between rather between African American and um, Caribbean and also African, African, there are Africans that will tell you like y'all in America, you <laughs> like, that's a, y'all ain't like us. And that is obvious. So there is, um, uh, a element, many elements of differences. And I noticed that when I moved to the States, I don't say that I'm African American, I say that I'm Caribbean because there is a difference car- culturally. I am not do how how I was raised and, you know, culturally how I grew up and the things that are, there are elements of similarities, absolutely, but there are many elements that are completely different, completely different. So one of the elements that is very similar that in black culture, you tend to take whether it be a grandchild, a neighbor's child, a cousin, 
or whatever, if there is something that's going on with their birth family, you will take them and raise them. And it's nothing that was done legally or anything like that. It was just something that was done. And so now to see more black families going outside of that is great. There is a great need out there and to open up yourself to be an answer in that place definitely is, as I said, a great thing um, because there needs more of that. Now, I am not of the mindset that just because you look the same, you should be matched the same. One of my children does not look like at that us at all. Um, she's actually classified as Caucasian. So I am definitely not saying that, oh, just because you're black, you should be with a black family or just because you're white, you should be with a white family. Um, I, I don't think that's the most important element at all. And that's my point of view. It may not be everybody's point of view, but that is my point of view. To be honest, there is also has also been some controversy, not now, but definitely before you had to be married in order to adopt and stuff like that. Once again, not the most important element. Not everybody wants to be married. Um, some people prefer to remain single and that is their choice. And that does have not have anything to do with what what you can provide a child because there is such a great need out there. And just because a child is in a two parent family does not mean that, oh, they're going to end up, you know, better than being in a single parent family. So um, there are different factors to consider. And so back to my main point, which is so there was a person, Tia, if anybody remembers her, I remember Tia because I used to watch her show, she and her sister when I was younger. She made a product and on YouTube, there's a lot of people, I guess they call them influencers or whatever. It's a thing. It's a job now. And they basically will test different products. And so one of the things that I have seen is the judginess because I don't know where we get the idea that we and I think it's probably just the way culture is now, social media and all of that, but everybody could just say whatever and, and just have certain expectations that are really unrealistic. If you are black, mixed with black or whatever, okay, there ain't no two people that have the same exact situation. You could look like you do, but one person's hair may be high porosity and another person's hair is low porosity. And so your hair may look exactly the same, but, you know, products that work on your hair won't work on my hair, even though our hair looks exactly the same. So they have categories of curl, coil, whatever. And, you know, the densest level is what they call 4C. I say my natural hair is 4Z because when I look at the curl pattern that they have for 4C, mm, no, that that's too that that coil is too loose because <laughs> my hair likes to curl back in like towards my scalp. I can comb my hair and then you come back 20 minutes later and it's as if I didn't even comb it. It likes to shrink back, shrink on back to that scalp. And so, um, Tia made a product. Tia is mixed, meaning she has a black 
parent and a white parent. So her curl pattern is looser, as is her children's because you know what? I could be getting them mixed up. I always get them mixed up, Tia and Tamara. I'm thinking it's Tia. Yeah, Tia. She is married to a Caucasian. So her children's coil pattern, therefore, is even looser. Now, people in the black community were a bit upset. I was seeing influencers on YouTube getting mad and stuff. And I'm like... What is the problem? One person was like, um, basically the basis was that they were upset because it seems like her products were not made for all hair, all black hair types. And I was like, <laughs> are they serious? I'm like, who say she make products to make, to match all black hair types? Because I said, and this is where I'm talking about the judginess that comes so automatically. And what I try to do is I try to stop and think from the other side. Hello from the other side. I love that song. Although I don't know all of the words. I haven't heard it in a while. I just like that part. Because <laughs> she just belts it out. <laughs> but I said, okay, hmm. I wasn't angry because my thing is the more people out there with different textures making different products and there's some, you know, you're going to be able to find more of what works for you. Not only that, but if it does work for you, if one thing on their line works and not another thing, whenever you are supporting, you know, a black owned business, which is great because there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more of an infusion, you know, a saturation of other ethnicities having businesses and products. Um... So I said, okay, well, if I was making a product, a hair product, I actually would be making a hair product for my hair. <laughs> I wouldn't be making it for a curly head person. I'll be making it for my coily head, okay? Because I would be focusing on what works for my hair type. What makes my hair type moisturize? What makes my hair type look the best? So I'm saying to myself, why are they judging her? Because if she's going to make a curl, uh, uh, a product, she's obviously going to lean to her hair type. Now, she may go a little beyond that. But if she turned around and made a something for 4C, then y'all going to be ragging her too. Because what she know about 4C? Look at her hair. So it's like, oh my God. Instead of them being happy that there's another person that decided to be an answer, they judging her. And like, oh, another you know, another celebrity is making a, it's like, who cares? What is business it is of yours? Why, if you have an issue, why don't you go make a hair product? I mean, come on now. We need to stop being so judgy on people. And as I said, that's one of the things that I learned in walking this path um, regarding my children, especially in the beginning. I was a part of certain groups and they were so judgy on the birth parents and acting as if these people deserved to have their children snatched away. I'm like, there are people that go through hard times. Now, there are instances where they are going through a hard time and they not really, in, you know, either not interested or don't have the, the drive to change because change takes a lot. 
And but so I had to come out of those groups. I'm like, no, I can't be around. This is hostility. What are y'all talking about, man? And my thing was, if you can do it, then great. But if you can't, and it is obvious that you can't, and you can tell by certain, you know, whether the effort is put in simple little things, you know, simple little things, like if the parent is showing up and just playing with the child and leave and they go about their business, they, they're not concerned about nothing else. They don't bring no food, you know, they don't bring no, you know, then they're not interested in parenting. They're interested in a play date, you know, and that's not what a child needs. And, you know, a child needs does not need to be in a system that is overseen by the government either. So we need to get the child into a family if that parent is not interested in making the changes to parent. That is different from somebody going through a hard time. I love to watch 600 pound life because I you can tell if somebody's serious or not serious. And if you know the what the end of that episode is going to be if the person goes to Dr. Now not to Narajati Yin I know I'm pronouncing that wrong <laughs> but if they go to Dr. Now for their way in and they start saying things like the scale is wrong and they've been doing so well and you know and stuff like that or you see them because the cameras aren't with them all the time and or you see them all of a sudden they you know walk in and they saying that they've been doing that every day but they huffing and puffing and you like you've been doing that every day and you just walk to the mailbox and you huffing like that and I don't think you've been I think you're doing it for the cameras one time I saw somebody that was using a walker saying that they were now you know walking around instead of using their you know their their wheelchair or staying in bed and the thing had a tag on it I was like you know, one of those tags like you see at the thrift store, you know, with the string. I'm like, they didn't take the string off. <laughs> so versus somebody who's saying, I'm eating too much and I just need to figure out how to change that. And then they make the because doctor now ain't going to tell you, you know, he going to tell you the, you know, what you should eat. But he's not going to tell you the other parts like, you know, go to, you know, you go to the gym or whatever or things like that but when they decide you know what let me get a trainer and go to the gym and and make more of an effort so I can move my body more and stuff like that and they actually expand upon what he the 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 one the step in the one step of the tools that he has given them then that's a different outcome because they're not trying to blame anybody else Oh, they not eating the same food with me and the food is in the house. And so therefore, like nobody is shoving the food in your mouth. You are. So, you know, that's different. Now, you also have to take into consideration that some people are willing to do what it needs or ready to do what it needs. And some people just aren't in that place. Some people, they say they want to do something, but when it comes down to it, the effort that's involved, the commitment that's involved, the perseverance that's involved is not something that they're willing to do because it's easier to be complacent. And if that's their decision, that's their decision. My daughter has cerebral palsy. There are other families that children has the same condition. I made a decision from early on that we were not going to use a nurse, that I was going to be her caregiver. That decision was because this is my child 
and I want her to be cared for by me and for her to be a part of the different fibers of our family. So that means accommodation needs to be made for her. And but that decision came with a lot. If another parent decides to have a nurse 24-7, that person isn't wrong. They may decide that, you know what, I'm going to have a nurse care for them and then I'm going to put my time over here or whatever. Maybe they're not at the point mentally or emotionally to be able to do it or maybe, you know, that's not where they want to spend their energy because it does take a lot. So who's wrong and who's right? Is Tia wrong for making a product that really more caters to wave, you know, wavy or curly hair than the more coily texture types? No, because it's her prerogative. Y'all ain't paying in the money for the, 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 the research and all that stuff and, and the product um, packaging and all of that. No, the marketing, none of that. So what business is it, is it of any of us? Now, if something, if you want to try it, then cool. If you decide, you know what, I'm not going to try it, then that's fine. But we can't be judgy in that way either because I, there's Tracy Ellis Ross. She also has a product line for hair. And I knew, I heard about it vaguely and I had no interest in trying it because when you look at Tracy Ellis Ross hair, okay, her hair don't look that much. And so I'm like, Tracy Ellis Ross is mixed. So I don't really trust that her products are going to work for me. And I'm not willing to spend my money to find out because I don't think that they're going to work for me. Now, when I walked into a store one day, um, I think it was Ulta. Ulta one day, I saw her products. I'm like, oh, I've heard of her products. One of the pictures on her marketing um, had a person with locks. And so I was like, hmm. That's interesting. I decided to stop and take a look at her products because, you know, pictures are pictures, marketing is marketing. But because I was there and it was right across the aisle from the product that I went in there to get, I decided to look, look at it. And I realized that the conditioners, there were three different types of conditioners. I was like, hmm, <laughs> there was a light conditioner. There was an intensive conditioner and there was a heavy conditioner. I was like, okay, now. Because I would need that heavy conditioner for my hair. And so, and then I saw the same with, you know, and I'm like, okay, so it looks like, you know, she's putting in products that, you know, can possibly cater to the thicker, more coarse hair types. So I just, and not only that, but whoever did her marketing was, is, smart because they had like travel pack type um um product for instance you got the heavy conditioner you can get the full size or you can get like the more travel type size and it was at a lesser price so I was like I would be willing to take a chance and try this little one for this price than paying for the big one and then it don't work and I have all this product and have spent all this money. So that was smart of her marketing team because then I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try the heavy conditioner and I'm going to try the shampoo and I'm going to try the leave-in conditioner. 
And so I tried it. I did like the shampoo. I did like the heavy conditioner, did nicely. And it, the leave-in was too light for me. And I did also get the curl cream, but that did not do anything for my hair um, because my hair is very tight. And so, but I do like the shampoo, which I still use. And the heavy conditioner I actually will use, but I have turned to using Cantu because I delved in a little bit more into Cantu and their products will work really well for my hair. So I was judging like, oh, because of your hair type, you know, but when I started to look at her products, I'm like, oh, she has made allowances. Now, are all her products cool for, for 4C? No, because the thing is, unless she has a, you know, is doing research or product testing on thick, thick, thick hair, that's not going to work. But she is going to focus on a product that works for her hair because I would think, obviously, if you're doing a product, you're going to use your own product. And so it has to work for your hair because you have to show people you're using your own product and it look good, you know. Um, and then judge, judginess can go another way. Um, I forgot. Tabitha Brown has a line. And I was excited to see her line because, you know, her hair is an afro. Like, you know, you she wears it in afros a lot. And my hair, if I left it in its natural state and it continued to grow, would just continue to grow horizontally <laughs> is what would happen. It would technically be 20 inches long and boing back to my hair and it wouldn't drop. Like, for instance, my kids that have the curly hair. You know, when your hair grows, it grows vertically. But then as it gets longer, the, the gravity pulls it down. Gravity don't do nothing to my hair. My hair will grow and it'll just keep growing vertically, um, horizontally. Like a big afro is what it'd be like a big afro <laughs> um, if I left it in its natural state. And so when I saw her hair, I was like, cool. And then what really got me is when she posted a video one time and she was using one of her products. She had just wet her hair down and then she used a product and she was using, you know, uh, one of those, you know, brush brushes that you see a lot of influencers using, um, you know, for detangling. And her hair was like curling up. And I was like, on the one hand, I was like, oh, my God, that's cool. On the other hand, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> your hair curling up. Then that means your texture ain't like mine because my hair don't curl up when it's wet. <laughs> it does not curl up when it's wet. You know, so her hair was actually, you know, curling, like loosing, getting more loose. And my hair don't get loose. And it's natural state. You put the water on there and the water just beads right off is what happens with my hair. And so once again, she's going to make a product that she can use and let people know this works well but it's going to have to match her hair then she's not going to make a product that doesn't match her hair make her hair look good that's her focus she's intimately intimately acquainted with her hair like i am intimately acquainted with my hair i'm not intimately acquainted with other than my kids with anybody else's hair to be able to say this is, but i can say and you know this is the look at you want this is something you can try because this is what works for me. But it, I will say, I don't know your hair texture. And so, but this is what works for me based on these elements that you're having an issue with. These are elements that I have had an issue with. So here's something or a, a, a rhythm that you can use that may work. And so 
my learning has been through going on the sites on YouTube and looking at people whose hair looks like mine and making a note of the products that they're using and then going and trying those products. What I have learned that works very well for me is Cantu. Cantu works awesomely for my hair. Um, you know, so I use Cantu mostly. Another thing is there is an assumption that I, I don't know where these assumptions come from. There seems to be an assumption. I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I didn't grow up with that. And I don't know if that's an American, African-American thing that it's a bad thing for you to process your hair. And if you process your hair, you're trying to look like you trying to have a European um, element of beauty. I'm like, how about you just like your hair straight? How about that? And don't have nothing to do with European. <laughs> just like, I just like my legs shaved. And some people don't like to shave their legs. And, you know, but I like the look of looking down and my legs are shaved. Now, I don't do it in the wintertime because my legs are covered. So who's going through all that? But I like to look down and see bare legs, just like I like to shave my armpits as a woman. And in other places, some people don't like to shave their armpits. Are, armpits. are they wrong? No, because there is no one definition of beauty, number one. And just because one person does something doesn't mean another person needs to do it if they don't feel the need or desire to do it. So once again, let's open our minds. Now I say that to myself too, because, and then I have to check myself. I, um, I see, lost my train of thought. I have to check myself too. Another thing that I have seen is because I have a daughter with a disability, people make certain assumptions about that as well. And that is a thing. Um, my daughter is valuable, whether or not she's disabled or whether she is not disabled. I have a daughter that has autism and I also believe she has ADD mixed in there. She is no less, <clears throat> less, she's <va> <clears throat> in red. She is no less valuable because she has autism and ADHD. It's not something that needs to be fixed. Um, I think that when you come to seeing people that have a disability or people that are different, neurodiverse, um, not typical, there is an assumption that you somehow need to fix something. And I think we need to also do away with that mindset. Um, because you are then diminishing that person's value as a person. She is valuable because she is. Because God made her and she's here. And that alone makes her valuable. Her value does not come in what she can and cannot do. Her value does not come in whether she can walk, whether she can talk, whether she can eat on her own. Her value is because she is, period. God sees her as valuable because he made her. 
just like he see, he doesn't see you and I any more or less valuable because we can walk and we can talk and we can eat on our own. He doesn't see me as more valuable than my daughter. That has autism. Where do these mindsets come? I think they carry on in our upbringing, in our own environments in which we are raised in culture. Just like black people seeing a lighter skinned person and seeing them as more beautiful than a darker skinned person. It annoys me to no end when I am out with my children and everybody exclaims over my one daughter, which is what people will view as having good hair. And my other daughter, which has more dense hair, more coily hair, they'll fawn over my one daughter and my other daughter is right there. They're all beautiful. She isn't more beautiful. She's a different beauty, just like my other daughters. We're all different beauties. So I am, I haven't, I, so that's a personal issue that I have. Um, and I think that culturally and society wise, people are opening up more their minds as far as that mindset. Um, you see people like one time I went to McDonald's and the person at the window was blind and I was like, okay. You know, I gave him my order, I gave him the thing and, and moved on. And I'm like, that's great. One time I walked into Home Depot and I went down one of the aisles and one of the persons that were stocking the, the, the shelves there, I could tell she had autism because it's what you would see classically with autism. Now, auti autism doesn't look the same. It's a spectrum. And just because, you know, but the classic, one of the classic things that you will see is the flapping of the arms. And she was doing that. So I'm like, well, I, I think she has autism. And she was working there. So before, like when I was growing up, you, you didn't like basically they stayed at home. They weren't really out about and about in society and stuff like that. And that was another important thing to me regarding my my daughter with the disability is she's going to go with us everywhere because she is a part of our family. We're not going to leave her with a nurse at home and then we go off to the park or go off to the zoo or go off to the aquarium, go ask skating and all this kind of stuff. And, and she isn't coming. She's a part of our family and I want my children, my other children to see that she is not, we're not different. We're not differentiating her. We're not differenting her by, oh, you over there and we're over here because we're able-bodied. No, we make accommodation for her because she is valuable too. So when my children, they, they don't see any difference. They don't see any difference between her and them. They see what I do. You know, they don't look at her like, oh, why, you know, why are you not doing this or that or, or whatever? No, because I don't treat her any different. Now I have to do more for her. And the thing that's interesting is they, we were at the, um, we went to the mall one day to go for a walk. <laughs> I was tired of being in the house and it was winter time. Okay. It was around Christmas time. And I wanted to go to the mall to look at the decorations and just walk around. Okay. Because I was not going to walk outside. I'm not about the cold like that. 
at all. And so I'm like, well, it's going to be, you know, the temperature is going to be controlled inside and we can see the lights and walk by the stores. And I have no problem because I, I don't like to shop. So like that. And so I don't mind walking past stores. I don't need to go in and see nothing because <laughs> I'm paying that money. <laughs> you know, so because I'm very frugal and I like to bargain hunt. <laughs> so but I don't mind walking, you know, going around and just walking. And so we did that. Now, when we went, one of my daughters could not keep up. Now, when she was younger, they had her, before she came to me, they had her in early intervention because she wasn't walking. But then she started walking, so they did away with that. And I noticed she, and I, you know, I've always noticed she has a different gait when she walks. And she never runs. Like, she is six now, and that child has never ran never 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 she may walk fast but she has never ran so i'm like that is interesting to me um but i didn't you know make anything of it but when we walk through the mall which is very large i mean it's like very like from one end to the other which is what we did we walked from one end to the other um it's it's a long walk and then we had to walk back by you know, halfway through that, she was trailing behind, like far behind. Now, this has happened before. And I said, so I'm like, so I go to her and I look at her feet. I'm like, is her, are her feet hurting her? What is happening? Um, like, why does this keep happening? Um, and so I'm like, hmm. So we walked. So what I did is I had her get on my youngest. My youngest has a push chair, which is not a wheelchair because a wheelchair kind of says that you're kind of the person that's in it is controlling it. Whereas my daughter is non-ambulatory. So I'm pushing it. So it's a push chair. <laughs> um, so um, it has a place to put your feet. And so I had and it's actually up to probably about 12, 13 years old, um, it can hold. I got it from another family. And even though she's only two, we use it. We just, we don't use that foot part. So I had my daughter stand on that foot part and I pushed her the rest of the way until we got to our car. And I said, you know what? She's not growing out of this. And, you know, knowing the early beginnings, maybe something happened. Um, you know, maybe something happened there, you know, I do want to get x-rays taken on her because it's not improving and, you know, just to make sure everything's structurally good because she can climb when we go to the park, she climbs and everything. It's just that her walk is seen. I don't know if it's her hip. seems like it's her hip or something. When she would stand for me to braid her hair, you know, she would start slumping and slouching. I'm like, child, you, you you're not 80. <laughs> and so I'm like, obviously either structurally something is amiss or whatever. Um, maybe she has a misalignment. Maybe, I don't know, but we're going to get x-rays taken in to take a look at that. Um, the pediatrician didn't seem to see anything to matter. And I'm like, yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> you know, so we're going to take a look there and, and see if any, if there, that sheds any light on it. <clears throat> maybe she just gets fatigued. You know, maybe after a bit, she just gets fatigued, you know, maybe, I don't know. So, um, the next time, so then I decided I'm going to look for a walker for her. 
I have a, a gait trainer from my youngest, but you know, as I said, we don't use it because she doesn't move her legs like that. So, but it was a bit too bulky and I looked for one and I was able to find one um, about an hour away for, from us because there are children with cerebral palsy that can walk, but they have to use a walker. Um, whether they need to use a walker all the time or they need to use a walker because they may be able to walk a certain distance but will get fatigued quickly and so you have to have a walker or a wheelchair on hand so that when they get fatigued they can sit down or use the walker um, for you know for for to help them um, to bear their weight and not put the full weight on their legs and make it a little easier for them um, to continue to be independent and I knew that and so I looked for one and I found one for her. And then we went to the mall again to take a walk. And she was able to keep up. We walked all the way across. We walked all the way back. And she was able to keep up. And I showed her and I said, okay, here's where you put your hands. And so, and here's, you know, if you feel, if your legs start feeling tired or feeling hurt, then you can lean on your hands a little more. And um, so it take, you know, so that'll help you. She didn't. She wasn't skinning up her face at it or like, no, I don't want that. I can walk on my own or whatever. And that's one of the things that I love. And my point of saying all of that is my children don't look at their youngest sister and think that there's something wrong with her. She just is. That's just her. That's just is. She can't sit up on her own. It just is. They would see me putting in her feed and tube and stuff. And that's, you know, she doesn't eat. She doesn't eat. I mean, they don't, you know, it just is. That's just what normal to us, <laughs> you know, so they don't act as if something's wrong with her or anything like that. When I offered my daughter the walker, she didn't, you know, skin up her face at it. She took it and, and, and it helped her and she uses it. So that's what I like the acceptance of instead of the judging of. And I think a lot of people... Um, I have, uh, somebody that my, as I said, my one daughter has autism. I believe another daughter has signs of it too. Um, I have another child with ADD and I believe the, my daughter with autism also has ADD. And so, because she has all of the classic signs. And so what I do with the information is I take the information and I am like, oh, okay, so these are the elements that are typical. All right, now she doesn't have all of them. And I don't say, oh, she can't do this because of this, or she can't do that because of that. No, I say, okay, so one of the things of ADD is short attention span, like short memory and short attention span. So then what I will do is I give, when I say, when I give uh, uh, instructions of something, I will simplify it or I'll give it in parts instead of saying to may you may be able to say to a typical nine-year-old okay go and wash your hands and then put away your clothes and then take a shower and after you take a shower then you can go ahead and watch a show and they can follow all of that she will not be able to follow that she you lost her from the second thing that you said and actually what will happen is she will grab onto the last thing that you said and you she done forgot the beginning the first four things that you said that's what happens so then she'll end up doing some of it. I'm like, well, what happened to the rest? So what I do is I give shorter instructions. I give them in parts. I will be like, okay, go and put away your laundry. When she does that, okay, now go take a shower. When she does that, okay, now go ahead and, you know, then I'll give her the next step because, you know, it's easy for them to, you know, get 
confused and forget things. For instance, if I tell her in the morning time to go take a shower, she will forget to go get clean underwear because she knows when she gets up in the morning, she gets her clean underwear, she goes and she gets dressed, then she, you know, she has a a certain way that she does her lotion and her brushing her teeth she does it in the same pattern every time so if I say go take a shower she'll just go and grab her thing and go take a shower and forget about the underwear part so I may so then what I do is I tell her go get dressed she does her routine just the way that she knows it she doesn't forget anything because she has that set and then afterwards later in the day I'm like okay go take a shower that also goes in the nighttime. If it's time for them to get ready for bed and I say go take a shower, she'll just go grab her towel and her washcloth and go to the bathroom and take a shower. She wouldn't deduct that, oh, it's time to get ready for bed. I need to grab my pajamas. So that's what I mean. So when I do that, I do it in a certain way so it's easy for her to be successful. And then I also create patterns and tools for her so that she can be successful which is the same thing with her in the morning. Like there are what, let me see. She has to get her underwear. She has to grab her bin. She has to um, brush her teeth, take a potty break, brush her teeth, put her deodorant on, put her lotion on, change her clothes. Seven things she has to do. Now it took a bit for her to get that because, you know, she's wearing deodorant now, but she wasn't before. And before I was lotioning their skin, but as they got older, I'm like, okay, you go and lotion your own skin. Now, every time I added an element, I had to, you know, add it in slowly and then give reminders so that she remembers you have to add this part in the same with my son. Um, I have to do the same thing when I added an element like you have glasses, you're old enough for these glasses to be your responsibility. You need to look at your glasses and if they dirty and smudgy, you need to clean them. That didn't work too well. So what I started doing is every morning he has to clean his glasses. That means I will give you a glasses lens wipe or if you don't see one, you need to come and ask me for it. So at first he forgot because he was used to doing the routine that he did and then and then he remembered, now I had to remind him a couple of times, then he remembered. And so now he adds that to his routine. So it's not something to be fixed because they are not damaged. It's, it's not, it's not a life-threatening thing. It's, it's a different way of thinking, a different way of processing. And what dealing with my children has also taught me was to slow down. Not everybody thinks the way that you do or processes the way that you do comes to solutions the way that you do and just because they may have to you know you may you may be able to jump from step one to step 10 and you know go up a flight of stairs in like you know in five leaps that's because your legs are long but somebody else with shorter legs they have to go up one step at a time or somebody else you know who's you know one leg is shorter than the other they can't do that so you can't expect them to. And I've had to, it's been a work, it was a work in progress because in the beginning regarding her ADD, and I think as Christians, we think that everything needs to be somehow perfect or something. And I don't know where that comes from. Um, because what I first thought was, oh, okay, she has ADD. I'm going to pray for it, you know, for, for her or autism. She, I'm going to pray for it and, and God's going to fix it and everything. And that wasn't God's plan for him to fix her. Her plan was to fix me, my perspective. 
There was something wrong with my mindset. Why does she need to be fixed? No, you need to slow down and you need to work with her. She is valuable regardless. She's different and so she needs to do things a different way. And that also is what I tell her. I tell her, you need to slow down. And if you need to take the time to do something, then take the time. I know you see me like when she would do her math problems. I'm like, I know you see me and I can quickly do it. But that's because that's what I could do. But if you can't do it that way, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so what I did is I made a whole thing for her as far as it's, it's a it's a map. If this number is bigger than this number, then this, if not, then go this way. You know, those things that you have with. Okay, if Johnny did this, then then you choose that box and it takes you one path. And then, oh, if he didn't, then it takes you another path. Sometimes when you take these surveys or whatever, that's what I did. <laughs> so that she can follow that pattern and, and be able to ask herself certain questions in the midst of it and be able to get to the correct answer. But for a while, she didn't want to use it. And I said, you need to, it's like, you need to, don't look at me because our abilities are different and you're there's nothing wrong with you if you need to take time. That's fine. Take the time if you need to. Slow down. Pay attention. Do what you need to do because I'm giving you the tools to help you to be successful. Versus you trying to not use the tools to do things fast the way that I do it. And keep coming up with the wrong answer. So, once again... The judging can be in, I do it this way, so you should be able to do it too. Or if I pester you long enough or, you know, drill it into your head long enough, you should be able to do this. And that's not always the case. But I actually came upon another thing. And as I said, it is something that I do, but I also have to check myself. I was trying to purchase something from a buyer and I had messaged them and they messaged me back. Now we were messaging back and forth, you know, she asked me questions. I was answering her. And then all of a sudden she gave me a thumbs up and then I didn't hear from her for over a week. So I decided to go another route and I actually got what I needed from another, um, another seller. And so I messaged her and I said, you know, it was kind of disappointing because I figured that, you know, with her knowledge and experience in it, that I would be able to, you know, get, you know, uh, as a first time buyer, I'll be able to get some assistance. She said that, you know, she um, posted on her site that she had is having difficulty right now, you know, getting getting back to um, messages and stuff because she had a baby. Uh, she's caring for a baby. And I was like, okay. I can understand. And when then I said, well, I understand about being busy because I, you know, I'm a single mom. I have, you know, five kids with new and we have newer diversity and there's a disability in there and I have my own business. And so I understand about being busy. All I'm saying is it would have been nice for you to at least say something instead of dropping off the, com you know, just dropping off the end of the conversation. And, and, and because there then I don't know what's going on. Even if you said, you know what, I can't get back to you right now. I'll get back to you in the next 10 days. Something. There was no response. Um, and then she just said, well, as I said, 
I do have it posted on my website. And then I said to myself, hmm, now what I said, what I, the reason why I said this stuff about me was I didn't want to say, well, you know, just sending a quick message is not, you know, doesn't take a lot of time. What the reason why I gave the information about myself is so that she would understand that I know what you mean by busy. I'm not just telling you, you should do this. And I don't have no inkling of what you're talking about. I know busy. I know I understand because I'm in that too. But then I said, hmm, I wonder if I made her feel bad because she's talking about one child and I'm talking about, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different elements <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, but, and I'm still able to, you know, try to get back to you and stuff like that. And I said, hmm, yeah, that could have been taken a different way because I wasn't boasting about it. I was just saying, I know, I know what you mean by being busy. And all I was trying to get across to her was just sending a quick can't get back to you now something because it's as if you just like and I don't didn't know what that mean and the thing with that too was she had on her Facebook side that not everybody gets her chinchillas and so I'm like did she write me off like I had no idea what's going on dude and so and I it, and then I said you know what I'm not going to feel any way about that because when I sent her the message that I was disappointed in the interaction with her you know her company because you are running a business <laughs> also. And so, and it's not like I waited two days. I waited over seven days and I didn't hear anything from you, but she quickly answered me then. So I'm like, oh, now you have the time to answer. So I didn't feel too bad about it at that point. But my intention, as I said, was not that, but to another person, they could have been feeling overwhelmed. Maybe she, you know, has a baby and, you know, she's a first time mom and she feels very overwhelmed. Um, you know, not every parent takes to parenthood from the get-go it, it can be challenging and if you have a business or whatever um that's a whole nother thing too you know obviously if she's running a business she has to um take care of the product and such so you know that may be overwhelming for her who else knows what's going on in her life but definitely it was something for me to sit back and be like yeah that was a moment I could have possibly added in that I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, but I'm just saying that because I did say and in my message back to her that as a business owner, I'm just saying for you to have a customer and not get back to them in this long, just sending a quick text, even if you couldn't get me to answer to just say, you know what, I can't get back to you right now. I'll try to get back to you in the next 10 days. And, and, you know, if you want to go somewhere else, that's fine. Because if you can't do it, you can't do it. But outside of that, I definitely believe that we all can stand to be a little more intentional about being less judgy <laughs> or less presumptuous and disqualifying or saying things to others that may give an air that they are not good enough, especially when it's a situation that's beyond their control. And that goes along with disabilities, that goes along with, um, uh, I would say, mental diversity, <laughs> for lack of a better word, neurodiversity, etc. Because God made everyone, those who are typical and those who are not typical in their mind 
set as far as how their um, brain works, how they function, how they process their stature, etc. It could even go to things such as their a single person, a single parent, because it's all over the place. The shade is all over. And as I said, we just need to take a look at how we are approaching people, the words that we are putting out there, because words do have power. Stopping and thinking before we say things. As I said, this journey with my children has definitely taught me to, taught me to stop and think not just regarding them but regarding their birth parents um, to not judge them to look beyond what you may assume you know what they say about assumptions right (laughs) but you know to look beyond that we can make assumptions all over the place but unless you know details of that person's situation their story etc and even if you do a lot of people, even if they're close, you don't know what they carry on on the inside because a, a lot of people will hide things, especially things that are kind of taboo to talk about, such as such as mental wellness, mental distress, mental and emotional trauma. And those things are all very real. And you don't have to be in some type of abusive relationship or, or whatever for that to happen. That can happen in just walking through a tough season and you come out of that with, you know, PTSD, okay? When I walked through that season, it taught me a lot about, you know, mental um, mental health and mental environments, for lack of a better word. Um, what You know, because just walking through that and dealing with the different things that I was dealing with and also having to in the midst of mental and emotional exhaustion, cover my children as much as I could during that time period and knowing the different things that were in play, you know, in the natural and in the spiritual realm underneath, you know, we had mental health situations and just different things dealing with the system was a whole nother thing. So there were just so many things going on and that was very stressful and people are going through a lot of stress, you know, all over. It's not hard to find somebody that's going through a tough time. A lot of people are. And as I said, it just doesn't go to, oh, somebody got raped and oh, now they have a lot of trauma. So we understand that. But if somebody is going through a tough time adjusting to parenthood, that's not understood as well. And it's, you know, we just need to stop and try to look at things, put on the other person's glasses or put on our glasses (laughs) and look at things more clearly, try to imagine it from their point of view, the different scenarios that it could be. In some cases, it's not that scenario. It is actually the scenario that you assumed. But in order for us to come or approach from a place of grace to be able to look at them with compassion, even if our assumptions are true, we should still approach with compassion. And if we can't do that, then we need to just, you know, back that up instead of approaching reverse retreat (laughs) until you can approach that way. I've had to learn that with my children. They are sometimes As I said, it's been a work in progress and there have been times where I have had to learn to retreat 
so that I can approach with grace, intention, and response versus reaction based on my own point of view, my own expectation, my own abilities. So that's just a note for all of us today. Talk to you next time.